This is Parables of the Divorce CEO, where men have real and raw conversations about the pain, suffering, and loneliness of divorce. Welcome to this week's episode of Parables of a Divorce CEO. I'm your host, Peter Avalon Northstar, the founder and creator of The Divorce CEO. And on this week's episode, Sex and Porn in Marriage, Part 2. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of Parables of a Divorce CEO. This week is another spicy episode about porn and sex. So sit back and relax and let's dive in. So after my episode last week, I got a couple of different questions regarding some of the things that I mentioned regarding sex and porn in marriage and after uh, divorce, as well as when I was having my one-on-one calls with my clients this past week, the same questions or the same question literally came up four times from four separate men. The same topic about um, how do you have an amazing sex life in a marriage or after divorce. And so I wanted to address it in another episode, and I'm sure I could probably do a multitude of segments on this because this was one of the elements of my own marriage that I was seeking. I was seeking to understand why, why we fall into or have the ability or potential to fall into this quote unquote rut in our uh, relationships when it comes to sex. And uh, it's not just in marriage, it is every human being has the potential and the, or faced with this challenge at some point in their relationship. And if not, it means that they're just doing something that is different and works for them. So as I was listening to one of these men in one of my calls, um, one of the stories that he was telling me about his his ex-wife and their relationship and why they didn't have sex and the amount of times or lack of, of uh, times they did it, the, the lack of intimacy that they had in their marriage. There was a couple of different things that was kind of clear to me that I could recognize based on myself. So when we, when we start a relationship, we are living in the land of hormones, some would say. The land where everything is perfect, right? Everything just seems like a dream. Everything is the fantasy of... Uh, forever after, right? This is where we all are guilty in some shape or fashion of believing the fairy tales of Disney about the one, about the soulmate and all of this. So we very quickly forget that when we get out of that phase, that period of time, something else has to occur. There's a, there's a different form of commitment and um, ability to put in time and effort that has to begin. And yet many of us forget that because we are not taught again how to be in relationships. We're not taught how to communicate with our partners, uh, men and women. And so it, it, there's a bunch of challenges that come up. And so one of the challenges that come up, I mentioned in the previous episode is the notion that a lot of men, we believe that as long as we provide the money and we provide the house and we provide all of the quote unquote necessities and financial and and, uh, material goods for the woman, then she should also provide us with sex in return. And now 
that is just not how reality works, right? There's a lot of other factors that come into play when we are in a relationship. Now, mind you, there are women that enjoy doing uh, these things for their man in, in, in the sense that they enjoy him working and they enjoy taking quote-unquote care of him. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with... with uh, there's nothing wrong with the, the fact that we're faced with these challenges. What is wrong is that we, we run away from them, right? So instead of actually working on our relationship and in our relationship, what often happens is we run away from the problem. And that it's very easy when you're in that, that, uh, that phase or that state where you get triggered by your partner and you feel rejected. And instead of communicating what's going on with you, or dealing with your own emotions without taking it out on her, it's easy to, to start being like, well, fuck, she doesn't want to have sex with me, then fuck it. I'm just going to go to porn because that's easy, right? It's easy for us to do that. Like we live in a society now where everything is easy. We don't really have to fight for a lot. And because of that, we've, cr we've created a, a society where I would say people are lazy. We have a lazy mindset to how we approach life. We have a lazy mindset of how we approach relationships. So when we are in a relationship, we are fucking entitled and we believe that, you know, she should just give us sex, right? We should wake up every morning and have a blowjob and blah, blah, blah. You, f you fill in the blanks. But the problem is often this. When I listen to the men that are complaining about their sex life and I ask them, so what have you done to make it better? Or what have you done to change it? Or what have you done to honor her and what her needs are? The men are often silent, right? So they don't have an answer for that because from their mindset, from their perspective, what they're doing, which is providing for the woman is enough. They don't even consider the fact that the way that the woman is wired is different than a man and so sexually speaking there's a, there's a massive difference of how the timing for a woman how long it takes for her to actually get aroused compared to a man right the same thing a lot of women they believe that if they touch a man's penis it and it gets hard it means that he's already turned on which is not always the case because it is a muscle right so the, the, the fact that it gets, quote-unquote, or it gets touched just has or solicits a reaction, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're turned on uh, emotionally or even mentally. And so we've, we're faced with these challenges of entitlement where it's like, okay, I do this for you, then you do this for me. So it's always like this give and take. If I do this for you, then you have to give me this instead of actually meeting each other on a kind of a neutral space where we are both gifting and receiving to each other. So in terms of, if I just back it up a little in terms of the timing for women. Now there's a, there's a you can read many different books where they have different um, suggestions on timing. But one of the things that I found is that a woman is aroused within 30 minutes, right? So there's a window 
that you as a man you can utilize and you in that in that way you gift her your attention and, and your affection right so it's not just like you jump on her and then it's just wham bam and it's go time that's not how women work there is an emotional component to a woman that we men we don't always understand and so you as a man at some point in time will have to learn and understand what turns your woman on you cannot just expect sex to happen you literally have to just like you go to school and you learn a specific topic like a language i would recommend and invite you to actually study the art of seduction the art of having intimate relationship with your woman so that you understand how she's turned on because again every woman woman is different so there's certain uh, things that change but the timing is the biggest thing and i will say this too number two based on the timing is do do not go for her private parts right it's a it's a misconception for a lot of men that uh, we believe that a woman is like us and therefore what we like is what she's gonna like and that's definitely not the case and if you want to turn a woman off faster than cold water you just go for her private parts in the beginning then you fucking kill everything so my invitation is to spend time understanding and learning about how the art of seduction works and what it actually means for a woman to be turned on because a lot of women they um, get turned on actually at a very different point than a man right so there is an intellectual conversation that can happen potentially where she's where where the art of seduction for her starts right so you are let's say you are out for dinner and you're having a deep conversation about something and that conversation begins to stimulate her and that starts the process of seduction now that doesn't mean that it ends there it means that you as a man will have to continue that and then prolong that so that it continues further and further because the more you practice that the better you become at that and the better you become at that the more your woman would would love having sex with you and crave having sex with you but we as men we don't always get this it took me a long time to figure this out and i had to go through the exact same problems that these men that i'm listening to now are faced with which is essentially this you know like well i bring i bring the money so i should get sex i should get validation i should get affection i should get this and that but again it doesn't work like that and then the second part of this right so the first part is we don't understand communicating with women in a way that turns them on we don't understand timing of what turns them on and then this this other part is we are not invested now what do i mean about that well so this is one of the key elements that i see not just for men but also for women that's happening in the in today's society most couples have one foot in and one foot out of the relationship now i don't fully understand if if that's a if that's a issue that has arisen through um society or it is or if if it has a different um background 
But what I do know is that if you have one foot in and one foot out, the other part, like your partner will feel that. They will feel your lack of commitment to them. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to put them on a pedestal if you have both feet in. But it means that you're committed to the relationship and to the process of going into it and learning and experiencing together. The same way that you go into a business and you go all in is the same way that you can apply that idea to relationships. It is beyond me why so many men have one foot in, one foot out. But I do understand it to an extent because I had the same mindset. Because this fear of commitment, this fear of getting hurt, this fear of being misunderstood and not being loved and validated and seen and heard, that also made me do the same thing. And what do you do as a man? You seek out validation from other women. And how do you do that? Well, you do it in many ways. You do it on Instagram, you do it on Facebook, you do it through conversations, you do it through flirty uh, comments, like likes, whatever fuck you, like there's a gazillion ways of doing it. Gifting and all this. And so if you're a man listening to this and that is the way you function, I would highly recommend you to cut that shit out of your life. There's nothing wrong with flirting, but if you want to be committed to one woman, you flirt with her. Now, you might disagree with this, but in my experience, if you are focused too many places, you will not get what you want. So if you focus on the woman you're with, then you will get what you want in that relationship. So that is my invitation is to start looking at, okay, where am I actually leaking my energy on other women, uh, other women or other things, other shiny objects that takes my energy away from being truly committed with this woman. And I get it. There's a massive risk of being fully committed. And that's one of the things that most men are afraid of. We are afraid of getting hurt. But again, that's because we have a society now where we are somewhat too emotional. we've, We've forgotten what it means to be a man that understands the art of seduction and the art of being a gentleman and actually having value. And living for something bigger than just uh, instant gratification and just chasing women. Like one of the biggest diseases I would say right now, mentally and emotionally and spiritually for men, is the fucking chase for the shiny objects. There is a constant chase. Chase, chase, chase. Then if it's not for the shiny objects of cars and and money and all that, then it becomes for women. How many women can I you know, conquer? How many women can I have sex with? How many women can I, whatever it is, instead of actually being present and just focusing on one thing. Like there's so much you're missing out on when you don't focus on that. And so the, the, when I sit and listen to these men, it's the same thing that comes up. It is the craving for having an intimate relationship with a woman And yet they do not set up the frame to have it because of fear. They're so afraid of being hurt. And because of previous hurts in their past, they decide, 
oh, it's better to pull a wall up and just close off my heart and basically just be one foot in and one foot out because what if she hurts me again, then at least I have this woman on the other side who gives me attention and she might be the one, right? Again, shiny object, always chasing, whatever you believe is better on the other side, the grass is always greener. However, the grass is green where you water it. And so when I listen to these men and they are sharing their frustration, I understand why they're frustrated. But at the same time, they set it up this way. Like you can set up your relationship to win or you can set it up to lose. This is why one of the key elements of every single thing I talk to my clients about is when they start dating again after the divorce is how committed they are to that relationship. Are they ready for that relationship? Does it feel like it's the right time for them? And if it is, then go for it. If it's not, and I can feel that they're lying, we work on that. But the whole thing is invest in that relationship by taking your partner out for date nights. Do nice things together. Invest in her because then she will invest in you. Fear doesn't do anything other than create more separation. The fear of falling in love, the fear of being rejected, the fear of having this woman that you are you know, madly in love with or you think is incredibly sexy and you approach her and then she rejects you. And then because of that, you put up these walls and then you, you automatically decide that all women are like her and therefore you should just hate all women. That creates absolute nothing but self-destruction of your life. In life, there is a beauty of choice. In life, there's a beauty of taking risk. And as we take risk, we sometimes win and sometimes we learn. But just remember that just because a woman tells you no doesn't mean that you are wrong or something is wrong with you. It just means that she's not interested in you. Or it might mean that she's not interested in you right now. Either or, it cannot be the determining factor for you to decide not to be in relationships. Or for you to close off your heart and be like, okay, I got rejected by this woman. That means all women are horrible and therefore I have to hate all women and be alone for the rest of my life. Right? Like that doesn't serve anything either. Divorce is hard. Anybody who's gone through divorce, I don't care who it is, it is hard. It is fucking hard. Even for the ones that I've heard say, well, I'm so happy I'm divorced now. Bullshit. Bullshit. Fuck off. Bullshit. Divorce is hard. It doesn't matter who you are. You can keep lying to yourself, but there is a part of you that has pain around that. There is part of you that's like, fuck, it didn't work out, you know? And there is some regret in that. And so the challenge with these, these things become that we as men, we, we are simply not in a position of understanding how relationship works. It's not our fault, but it is our 
choice not to learn more about how to be in relationships. Like the same thing that um, we do in business where we have a mission statement, we have a vision statement, we have all these things. When I was married, that was one of the things that I asked my wife for us to do about our marriage. Like, let's have a vision statement and a mission statement. So we know that when shit goes sideways, we can look at this and be like, okay, this is why we're fucking together. This is why we are fighting. This is why, this is why, this is why. Now, needless to say, we never got to that point because she didn't believe in that. But I, be- I still to this day believe that there's a tremendous power in the couples that are willing to do these things. The couples that are willing to invest in each other and actually work on the relationship instead of just being present or not even being present, but just being in the relationship. Relationships takes time and work and commitment and a shit ton of practice. We won't get it right the first time. But at some point, we have to ask better questions, right? If we want to have relationships that are on fire, we have to start asking better questions, not just of the relationship, but of ourselves too. As hard as it has been for me to admit and to acknowledge that I had a role to play in my divorce and the challenge that we had and the disconnect that we had in our sex life, I have to acknowledge that that is the fucking truth. The truth is, I pulled away. I pulled away emotionally and I turned to porn as my salvation. Why did I do that? Because there were moments where I didn't, in that time, I didn't understand this whole notion of what it takes to turn on a woman and the, the, the art of seduction and what actually to do. And so I fucked up a lot. And because I did that, she was, she, there was times where she would, you know, say no. And because she said no, I took it super personal. Instead of being like, okay, I hear you. I respect you. I respect your choice right now. Totally fine. We'll do it another day. But no, I had to make a fucking huge big thing about it. And then it ended up being a huge fight that in turn would make her resent me even more and have her want me even less. So we all have a role to play in this. It's not just, well, she's, she just doesn't want me because of this and that. There is, a, there's always, there is always a part that we have played in it, always. And that's always the challenging part for us to admit. And this is one of the conversations that when I have this with the men, right? For instance, this moment of like, well, she didn't do this. And I ask the question, great. I hear you. And I acknowledge that. So let me ask you this. What did you do to contribute to this situation? And there is always an answer. I always hear them say, well... You know what? I was I was probably focusing more on work than actually connecting with her. Or instead of being there when I said I was going to be there, 
I, uh, I stayed longer at work. When my kids needed me, I would uh, go play golf with my uh, business partners or whatever, right? Like there is always a reason. There is always a reason why there is this disconnection between us as human beings, just as there is a reason why we do connect. The beauty of being human is that we can connect with each other. And now with the internet, we have even better possibility and opportunity to do that. But the challenge is still that we are operating at a very, very basic operating system when it comes to communicating with each other. And because we have so many stories, there are so many triggers, there are so many things that we have decided are true for our life, for the world, for relationship, and you, you name it. So in order to actually get to a point where we are neutral in a relationship, we have to do a lot of work. Right? We have to um, look at ourselves in a, in, almost in a microscope. So let's, let's imagine for a moment that your parents are divorced. And because of that, you have now decided that you will never get married and that being in a, rela a committed relationship is a waste of time because you will just end up getting hurt. And instead of that, you have come up with a belief that being polyamorous is a better idea for you because then... That way you are in control of what goes on and you can leave whenever you want. Right? That's a possibility. That's a story I've heard from men. Question is if, it tr if it's true. Right? That's a choice. Can be true. Could also not be. Depending on what you decide. Depending on what you decide you want to have in your life. How you want to live your life. But the consequence of believing in that has more consequences than just your relationship, right? Because if you're not willing to commit in a relationship, there are many other areas of your life you're unwilling to commit to. That could be to your health. That could be to your spiritual health. Could be to work. Could be to make money. Could be to be creative or do something uniquely for the world. Every time you have success, you run away. Or every time you are close to having success, you sabotage it. Could be that you are in a relationship with a woman. And because you have decided not to commit to her, then you go to porn to sabotage it. Or you hook up with her girlfriend because at least that way you are in control and you won't get hurt if she turns you down. Like the list is endless. The point is that the belief systems that we have are the driving system for how our life becomes and how it actually is. And because, again, our operating system when it comes to relationship is so limited, we also see a world where our relationships are often in, in chaos, right? Like the amount of men that I talk to that have cheated on their wives is unreal. And most of these men don't even know why. They don't even know why. Why did you cheat on your wife? Well... And then they give me a laundry list of, of their justification of why that was okay. I'm like, well, 
That's a lot of emotion you're giving me, but that's still not the reason why. You see, there's a lot of stories that has to be uncovered before we get to the actual reason why a man cheats. Sure, it looks easy on the outside. Well, you know, he looks at a woman he is attracted to, he has sex with her, and that's it. But there's, a, there's so many different layers underneath that in order to understand, you really have to peel off those layers to fully get it. But it's not uncommon that I talk to very powerful men where the idea of having more than one woman is present. And their reasons are all different. Some, it's for release. Some, it's to feel like they matter. For some, it's letting go of control and just receiving. Like, there's so many different reasons why. But the main thing that always happens is that it, their, their decision to do this always ends up hurting someone. And the most important person they end up hurting is essentially themselves. Leaving a relationship is easy. Sabotaging a relationship is easy. It takes a little bit of ingenuity, but it's still easy. But staying committed to a relationship, your family, and building it, similar to you do when you have a business and you spend time, effort, into building it, is a lot harder. And this instant gratification society we live in, most people give up before they even get to the results of their relationship that they could have. So it becomes a revolving door of partners. Because if this partner doesn't give you exactly what you want in that moment, then why should you be with that person? And then it just, it keeps on going. And the fundamental issues that you had in the relationship you left will be the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And guess who's always there? You. And so this topic of sex and marriage and porn and what we do to sabotage our relationship is a massive, massive topic. Not something we can solve in one, two, or three episodes of a podcast. It takes active work. It takes commitment on both ends. The willingness to actually grow together and at times in different areas but there has to be an underlying commitment to build something together and then we have to dissect all of the all of the stories all of the lies all of the things that are trying to sabotage or we bring into the relationship in in where we try to sabotage the relationship from blossoming into being a relationship that's on fire See, one of my biggest wishes in my own marriage was to have that, 
to have that relationship that was on fire. But I couldn't do it alone. I could work on me. And I did. A lot. And that was the catalyst to what I'm doing today. And the knowledge that I have learned throughout that whole process is what I bring into my coaching now with these divorced men or men that are struggling in their marriage right now and ask questions about, okay, so how can I spice up my marriage? Because there is always a way. Always. Even if you think that there is not. I have seen miracles. I've seen men come out on the other side of cheating. I've seen men come out on the other side of being completely disconnected from their wives, their kids, to having relationships that are on fire. Where you would not even be able to recognize them. But it begins with you. Your ability and your decision to fight for what you want. And so I hope this episode has opened up something for you. At least opened up the possibility that you can have a relationship that's on fire. And that all relationships are not created equal and that you will get out of it what you put into it so I invite you to invest I invite you to invest in yourself as number one and then I invite you to learn about seduction about women about communication, just like you would in your business. You would learn about sales and marketing and business strategies and tactics. I invite you to practice this and learn it so that you too can have a relationship that is magical and on fire. That is my biggest wish for everybody listening is that you wake up every day with somebody you love, admire and value, and somebody who loves, admire and values you, where you are 100% equal, yet different, as man and woman, but you honor each other for who you are, what you are, together as a couple, and you're ruthlessly committed to building your life together. That's all I got for you today. Love and light your way. So grab your pen and your journal and here are my questions for you today. Number one, are you actively investing in yourself and in learning new skills, mindsets? Number two, what would be the biggest win for you in your current relationship? And number three, what would you have to change in your relationship to get the relationship that is on fire that you desire? Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Parables of the Divorce CEO. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and please share it with someone who may find the content valuable. Join my coaching program at thedivorceceo.com slash coaching.